So when you wear a collar, inevitably, somebody's going to going through a difficult time is going to ask you, why does God allow bad things to happen? I found this question hard to answer because a lot of times the person asking is someone who knows about Jesus but maybe doesn't have a close, intimate relationship with him. It's different to know about Jesus than it is to know him. A relationship that's built over time, when we spend time with him and invite him to be part of our daily life, is one that grows in love and faith as we experience the good and bad things in life and realize that in all moments and events, God promises to be there for us and with us no matter what, even to the end of days. I've discovered that instead of a cliché answer to why God allows bad things to happen, a better response is to answer the question that Jesus asked his disciples in our gospel reading today. Who do you say the Son of Man is? The disciples were in Caesarea Philippi, which was an area known for its pagan worship and practices. The people of this area may have known about God, but they didn't truly know him. In fact, they knew about a lot of other gods and worshiped many of them, and that's gods with a little g. They didn't know our God on a personal level because they didn't pray to him or worship him or spend time trying to get to know him better. And they certainly didn't understand how the God with the big G was so different than all the others they were turning to as they were seeking to find meaning and peace in their life. I think the people of Caesarea Philippi are a lot like the people we know in our lives today. We can sense the need in people to find something or someone tangible to hang on to in our world of turmoil and uncertainty. Every social media post, news story, and talks that we have with people can be centered on that search for finding a solution to the chaos. But our human answers for a broken world don't bring the peace we so desperately long for. A line has been drawn in our feeble attempt to control the uncontrollable events happening around us, and the urgency to choose a side one way or the other from this line is palpable. You know what I'm talking about, what everybody is talking about. Mass or no mass, face-to-face -face school or online school, Democrat or Republican, and where we stand and how to respond to racial inequality. These hot topics which affect us all seem to demand a quick and unwavering response and in a very public way. There are vocal opinions about the right choice you should make from the two different sides, and if you don't choose, well, then the assumption is that you just don't care enough about your fellow man, about your neighbor. The problem with choosing a side is that no matter which one we take, there's no clear cut right or wrong, or is there? For me, the only clear right choice is to choose Jesus in all things and to try my best every day to do what he asks me to do and then pray that my words and actions point others to him as I try my best to love my neighbors. So the question, why does God allow bad things to happen, doesn't seem like one that will bring the answer that the asker really needs. I think the question to ask then is, who do we say Jesus is in whatever circumstances we are in at that moment? Now, on good days, that question's an easy one to answer. Jesus is a God of love and mercy, grace and compassion. But what about on hard days? Can we say the same thing? Because no matter what's happening around us or to us, 
God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if we believe he is a God of mercy and love, grace and compassion, that's who he is, even in our darkest days. I've encouraged others in their seasons of pain and hard times to lean into God and to trust him, that he is who he tells us he is. And I am so sincere in my belief that without knowing all the answers to our questions, peace can still be found in Jesus. Well, the last few weeks, God's given me a chance to see if I can do just that. Trust him in a tough time. July 31st, I had my annual mammogram. The test came back with a suspicious area, and my doctor ordered another more detailed mammogram and possibly an ultrasound. I prayed, and I asked God to give me peace and guidance, and he assured me it was going to be okay. Usually, when we hear it's going to be okay, we expect the news to be all clear. We don't need to do anything else. See you next year at your annual exam. That wasn't the okay I felt God was telling me. I felt almost from that very first phone call I got telling me another test was needed that okay meant no matter what was about to happen, no matter what the results of the test and the next part of this journey, it would be okay because God was not going to leave me to go it alone. He was going to be there And he already put people, especially my Messiah family, all of you, in my life to help me get through it. So the next round of tests went something like this. The doctor saw my results. He ordered the ultrasound. The tech told me the doctor would look at the ultrasound results and maybe come in to see for himself. He did. He told me not to worry, but he was going to order that biopsy. This was the week before I was going on vacation with my family. And although the doctor assured me it could wait until I got back, After talking to some trusted godly people and praying about it, I decided to drive back from the beach for the biopsy. Now, if you remember in last week's sermon, Father Tom told us we need to accept the situation we find ourselves in and look for God. Friends, I did not have to look far because I could talk for a whole nother sermon about the ways God reminded me he was there with me, not because it was smooth sailing, hardly. One stumbling block and mishap after another happened, but each time I felt God close into me even tighter, reminding me he was with me. I got the call while I was at the beach that the biopsy came back, and indeed it was cancer. So I sat in the condo we rented on the beach, thankful for such a tranquil place to process this with God, and I asked, okay, Do I still believe, Jesus, that you are the same loving and merciful God I said you were now that I have a cancer diagnosis? And the answer was yes. He is the same one who created me and loves me. And he's the same one he would have been if the news had been negative, no cancer. Now, the good news is that the cancer that I have is grade one, stage one, very localized, very treatable with a high success rate of being able to get it all. And my answer to who Jesus is to me is what is allowing me to have peace in this new season, even with the uncertainty of what it might bring. The question, the same question Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? He's asking each of you as well, and not as a rhetorical question or as a test, but so that we can understand for ourselves who this personal and intimate God is, because we're given a job to do. We are all to do all that we can to be sure others know who Jesus is for themselves. 
Now Simon Peter answered that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he was able to answer this way because Peter had spent time with Jesus. They traveled together, laughed together, studied, prayed, played, worshipped, and did ministry together. To have our answer ready to the question about who Jesus is, we need to do that very same thing. We need to be reading scripture and spending time talking to him in prayer in order to deepen our relationship with him. We need to be together, either in person or virtually, by Zoom, worshiping and talking about Jesus and asking him to reveal himself to us. And when we do, God blesses us with even more knowledge and understanding of him and the opportunities to show our gratitude and love for all he's done for us. That's what he did for Peter. In Matthew verse 17, it says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I love that Jesus proclaimed this to him, knowing that in a short time, Peter would deny knowing him, not once, but three times. He wasn't blessed because he was about to be given a big old test of faith and pass with fine colors. As in, he was blessed because Jesus knew who Peter was. As impetuous and flawed as he was, he knew that Peter had a heart and a faith for him. And so Jesus knew that he could use all of those things to build a church, the body of Christ on. How merciful and gracious of Jesus to give Peter this blessing and endorsement for his future knowing full well there would be ripples and waverings in his faith. But the knowledge of who Jesus was, even if not fully realized at that moment, was enough to offer a magnificent promise to him. Jesus was talking about us too, you know. We are that church that was built on that statement of faith that Peter made without even understanding all of what it meant. That's what our reading in Romans was talking about. Romans 12:5 tells us, In Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We are, in fact, the body of Christ that makes up the church, and we're expected to add to that membership. And we can do that by introducing people to Jesus. We do it in a lot of ways, our words for sure, but also our actions and the way we treat each other, even if other people's views, opinions, and beliefs don't align with our own. So instead of trying to get everyone to agree with us on political or social topics, let's spend our time trying to get people to see that knowing Jesus is life-changing. I want to stop being a part of conversations and social media posts that cause division and negative feelings. And instead, I want to spend my time and energy on helping others realize the good news of Jesus, that he promises to be with us and for us, no matter what, because he loves us so much. He loves us so much, he took our place and was crucified for our sins, but rose victorious so we can have life everlasting with him. Isn't that the best kind of news you could get? Now, at the end of the gospel reading, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone else who he was. And he did that because he knew the events that had to happen and in what order so that there was a perfect time for it all. When he rose and came back, though, Jesus was very clear. Tell the good news to everyone, to the ends of the earth, no matter the differences you have, because he came for us all, not just the ones we agree with, but all. 
And that's what we're being tasked to do, to tell others in our social posts, our relationships, our daily lives, and how we conduct ourselves, that we know who Jesus is, and we want him to know it too. As for me in this next season, I don't know all the reasons I'm in it, but God's given me a glimpse of one. I want this next part of my journey to be about him and who he is to me and what he means to me. He's having me meet people I wouldn't have a chance to meet if it weren't for my diagnosis. At one point during my biopsy, I explained to my nurse, Carrie, that I knew it was going to be okay, even if it was cancer, because God had reassured me it would be, no matter what the end of the season looked like. That was the opening of a talk to be able to talk to her a little bit more about Jesus. When I called her later to tell her the news, she assured me she would be praying for me and asked me to keep in touch, and I'm going to. My primary doctor called to discuss the next steps and asked how I was feeling and offered to prescribe something to help me sleep. I told her I was at peace because no matter what the outcome of this, God has pressed in so close. There isn't a doubt he's with me. She also promised to pray for me. God's asking me in this season to be open and honest. And I ask each of you to pray that in all I do during this journey, God is the one who is glorified and revealed, that it isn't about what I'm going through, but what God is doing in and through me because of who he is. So, who do you say Jesus is? Whether you realize it or not, you answer that question every day by your words, thoughts, and actions. Introduce Jesus to someone that needs to meet him and have some good news for a change.